0: I'm Michael Dugan, your culinary host, guiding you through the chef's journey. Join me at the chef's table, where you'll experience stories, secret sauces, signature dishes, and kitchen disasters. What would you say some of your most popular culinary lavender products are?
1: Mm, I would say the lavender honey. We probably had that on the shelves for a week. And as soon as it was time to harvest the hives, uh, it just flew out of the barn.
0: But mm, okay.
1: um, I would say second to that, we people came from far and wide. We partnered with Lopez Island Creamery to make oh. a our legacy fields custom uh, lavender ice cream sandwich uh, that oh, has no. this deeply rich brownie textured chocolate cookie with a very light flavored lavender ice cream and a generous portion of that the inside is just to die for.
0: Okay, and, you're seriously culinary <laughs> connected now. You got it. You it's got hard,
1: it. it. It's hard to crave ice cream when there's snow outside, but I would yeah. totally. And if no one's watching, I might eat too. Make myself okay. sick, but. It is so good. And then for folks who prefer the non-dairy variety, we made a, or Lopez Island Creamery, rather, made a lavender lemon sorbet. Mm, And just just amazing. We had a couple of of guests come out to the farm and get some containers of that to put scoops into uh, Prosecco for uh, like a bridal party. Now we're talking. These people are genius. I see. But the ice cream's a hit. We have lavender lemonade. Um, we have infused chocolate. Uh, we have lavender infused honey. So the natural honey in the hives here on the farm don't have a distinct lavender flavor. Uh, the bees just feast on the lavender. But we also have an infused honey where you will definitely pick up the notes of lavender in that honey. Uh, jams and preserves and syrups, it's a ton. It's Lavender is so versatile. And if anyone is is leery of having a lavender flavored something or other, it's probably because they, at one point in time, tasted a product that that had like a hint of a soapy flavor. And they're like, "Mm -hmm, you know, I I have tasted
0: that before.
1: (laughs) No one wants cleaning products in their food. And I get it, but chances are they had the wrong variety in their food. Part of my joy is teaching uh, chefs and and bakeries exactly what cultivars to use when you're making infusion.
0: Who do you teach? Let's talk about that.
1: Really good question. So Mm -hmm. we've had a couple. This is season number two for us. So we're brand new baby farmers. But we have a list of people who have asked about culinary lavender. So this year will be a lot of fun because we are going to have double the yields we had last year. And, you know, it just, it keeps increasing year over year when these mm-hmm. plants get larger. But um, bakeries love a white chocolate chip and lavender cookie. Sell it to, you know, like one of our downtown um, uh, bars will make lavender infused cocktails mm. and make a simple syrup with a gin tonic. It's delicious. Um what, what I enjoy is a glaze and put it on something more savory. So you can okay. do, you know, everyone's heard of Herbs de Provence, and that usually has a sure. blend of herbs, including lavender. And if they're good, they're picking the right lavenders. Um, Melissa is a cultivar that is a pink-petaled uh, lavender, and mm. it has kind of a spicy, citrusy, floral. It's just an incredible flavor. but wow. Uh, there's there's a lot of folks who are very interested um, and a lot of people in the community came and picked bundles of culinary lavender to make gifts for the holidays, uh, mm-hmm. lavender sugar mm-hmm. or a lavender uh, vanilla infused vanilla or infused uh, vodka. And so just a, a ton of options.
0: Okay. Yeah. Any specific, like can you throw out any names of restaurants or chefs that you've worked with?
1: Well, I have to give a shout out to Rocks and Dirt Bakery. This gal, she's incredible. She lives out on Kameno Island and she doesn't have uh, an official brick and mortar. Amazing recipes and concocts these great twists and turns to allow for, uh, you know, dietary needs and sensitive palates and stomachs. And so if you have an allergy or an affliction, uh, she will insert in her recipes what to swap things out for. And I think that's just brilliant. Well, it's just so helpful. It's just very inclusive. And it makes everyone feel empowered that, you know, that the last thing you want is for people to approach um, cooking and creating with, I can't, you know, start with, I can't. She definitely puts that out there right in the beginning. Like you absolutely can, you know, people who have um, celiac or, you know, like there, there's a lot of. Issues that people need to bob and weave and maneuver around, True. and she makes that so easy. Uh, I I would definitely um point people to rocks and Dirt Bakery. Okay. Uh, she's rooted right here in the Pacific Northwest, and just just an incredible person. Um, yeah, so, so check her out. But yeah, the, the, uh, we partnered with um, with a bakery out of Arlington, and. Mm. They they became fast friends. We were actually farmer's market buddies. They were right next to us in the farmer's market. And it's Hammond Bakery. And they are just, just a hoot. Just Everyone there, down to the management and, and back of the kitchen staff, just an amazing individuals. But uh, during our grand opening, we wanted to offer a couple of lavender-specific uh, cookies, like a shortbread.
0: Oh, and cool. They, okay. Oh,
1: so good and they knocked it
0: right out of the park and so this is the kind that doesn't like like you said the culinary (laughs) lavender is yes is tasty and it's not um how did you put it (laughs) yeah it's not soapy it's not soapy (laughs) yeah Yeah. you wouldn't want to say that but yeah no
1: well that's so
0: interesting (laughs) Because my mom washed my mouth way. out with soap as a kid, right? Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> that would not be a great memory. Likely so. not
1: her favorite yeah. lavender soap,
0: though. Yeah. You know, she yeah. Would,
1: it would be, you know, the Irish Spring, most likely. Right. But yes, a little goes a very long way, and that takes some playing. And I think um, if if there are chefs out there, they they listening, they they like to play in the kitchen and tweak and mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. And and taste and sample and try again and continue to infuse and simmer down and concentrate. But, uh, that's, that that's is, why
0: that's why they're chefs, they're yes. artists, right?
1: Yeah, artists and mad yeah. scientists all wrapped yeah, into true. one
0: that's
1: gift of a human being. So it's yeah. it's just fun, and it wow. I think it's honestly untapped territory. We know. We know uh, we're constantly learning the benefits of lavender. You know, like the terpene. terpenes or terpenes different okay. elements that your scent receptors take straight to your brain, and like mm. all the beneficial neurological effects of aromatherapy and what it can do for people. And lavender is just chock full of them, like linalool oh, and sure. acetate and camphor and eucalyptol. All of those things inspire different effects. Uh, for people, it's fascinating. Pain management, antidepressant, anti-anxiety. There's neuroprotective elements in lavender, antispasmodic effects in, in like therapeutic actions. But And that's not even touching the topical benefits of lavender, the antimicrobial and fungal and bacterial things.
0: Truly really mm-hmm.
1: amazing. But we haven't even begun to scratch the surface on the benefits of culinary uses. And the benefits of consuming the different cultivars used in cooking and baking. So I I think that there's so much to explore with lavender. Every bit of this plant is incredible. Um, And I I hope uh, one day chefs and bakers will will really get into it and, Mm -hmm. and want to play.
0: Yeah, that's... that. To me, like I love learning how chefs explore, you know, new mm-hmm. realms, right? Mm-hmm. And this isn't this isn't it's been around for a long time, but it's really it's not been touched on that much, I think. Yeah. Um and it may be because it may be because of the soap concept, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, people don't know what one visual. thing is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, right. Um, so I would say or you've already really kind of hit it pretty hard but how would you summarize what you love most about being a lavender farmer and what keeps you motivated to continue doing this
1: summarize asking me to summarize anything is a tall order i like to talk, I know but and i think honestly it's categorized into two buckets you know there's the total personal answer and then the lavender answer and personal okay. um Truly, I I wanted to have a deeper connection to my soil, what we grew, what we ate. Time to prepare it. Now I have that. Uh, Slowing life down and having meals as a family, collecting the produce into a basket outside my kitchen and bringing it into my kitchen to create a meal has literally inspired. One of my kids wants to be a chef when he grows up. Like, I mean, talk about heart trophy. For wow. me as a mom, yeah, pulling the kids into the kitchen, watch it happen. But not just that, but have time and patience to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, How old? You know, like, oh, Drew is fifteen. He just got his okay. permit. He's taking drivers' okay. set, which is shaving years off my life. And Kira is seventeen.
0: I um, can probably connect him to some people. You know, I've met so many amazing chefs by doing this podcast that are so that, giving and so caring and they're just genuine. I I felt I feel so lucky to have the guests that I've had on the show. That's
1: huge. That's yeah. huge. You know, and we all know kitchen culture can be a crunch factory. You That's know, right. it's it's
0: real. You know, you worked in oh, it. I mean, completely. you're not yeah. naive about it. You didn't oh, want to own a restaurant, right? <laughs> I
1: know. And so when he's like, I think I want to be a professional chef, I'm like uh-huh oh no you know like, oh,
0: this is okay so renee this is as close as i get this is my <laughs> this my is passion you. my purpose yeah. right i i, I never made it as a chef i burn out and yeah. so it's really about giving chefs an opportunity to share their stories because in my mind they're heroes in hospitality yeah. and oh,
1: completely.
0: so it's kind of like i I decided not to go in that direction at one point, but I miss it. I really miss it. and I really miss the people from hospitality so much because they're so unique in the world.
1: You're still pulling that connection close to you, which is just Mm -hmm. amazing. I feel like, you know, you're staying close to your purpose Mm -hmm. and you're going through evolutions of what you do is a vocation. The world needs this. You, know, right. you love it. That's mission, and yeah. so you you're you're still holding that close to you, and you're still practicing that in your life, and that is to be celebrated. And even if even if my buddy doesn't you know become a professional chef, or if if he mm-hmm. goes into a kitchen and gets you know the daylight scared out of him, that's it all okay, could happen. right? Yeah. <laughs> it could totally yeah. happen. But still, somewhere in that, he's you know he's identified that as a passion. He loves it, and. <laughs> Darn it, He's a 15 year old kid. He can knock out taco night all on his own and oh, he's great that. at it. So, yeah. you know, in there, I, you know, I just, I feel like I'm passing on the gifts that my grandmothers gave to me and, and gifting it to my kids, which is come here, honey, let me feed you. Let me love you. Sit down. Tell me about your day. Eat this. It's delicious. And you know it's a more of a moment than it is the dish but it can also be very much attached to the dish so um i'm it's so proud that that uh, we created a lifestyle that we could in, even inspire him to be interested in that
0: so yeah that's that's fantastic
1: totally gone off your question
0: <laughs> oh it's okay it's okay
1: that's the risk of asking me to summarize anything it's not going to happen
0: yeah well,
1: but, like, what do I love most about being a lavender mm-hmm. farmer, and what keeps me mm-hmm. motivated to continue this work? Lavender, the plant, is truly healing, and mm. every little bit of it is is used. Um, but really, it's the fields that grow this environment, and it's where people are—they're just drawn to it like a magnet, and they're mesmerized by the pollinators, and. Even the, the act of harvesting, we hand harvest all of those plants. We've got 3,300 plants growing out in our fields and we're hand harvesting with a sickle, each one, tying up bundles, hanging them in the drying loft or, you know, gifting a, a fresh bundle to someone. And All of that is a beautiful process in and of itself. Mm. Being out in the field by yourself or the two of us, my partner and I together, talking about life. Um, you know, all of those moments are so Precious to us, and if we hadn't had leapt into this um, risky dream, we wouldn't have this. And so all of that—it's deeper than just the plant, but the plant itself represents relaxation. You know, people want lavender okay. in their bath; they want oils in their um, humidifiers, and all of that—it is the terpenes that hit that neurological. Epicenter of relaxation. It immediately mm-hmm. tells your brain that you're safe. And that's what the elements in lavender can do. And so we've created a world, a life that resembles that, if that makes sense. So that's
0: it, it does. It absolutely does. My wife turned me on the lavender. I was so naive, you know, a typical guy, right? Oh, I don't need lavender. And the next thing you know. I'm going to sleep and I'm smelling lavender on my pillow and I'm going, wow. <laughs> or basalt. Right. Yeah. And Absolutely. I just couldn't believe the way I felt. And she's turned me onto a lot of really cool things. Like I'd never had a massage before. And I went, wow. Oh yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, it's just, you just don't think about those things sometimes as a guy. Yeah. And And, she introduced me to it and I'm like, Oh yeah, I definitely want to go for a massage, you know? And, and of course they have lavender there. So, um, uh, felt connected that way too. I, so
1: I think it's so cool. You know, we live in this, it, we're only an hour North of of Seattle.
0: That's what I wanted to ask like you about. Yes.
1: Yeah. Describe
0: like, this, describe oh, what so Stanwood cool. Camino area yeah. is because I know about it, but our listeners don't.
1: Yeah. So, and you've got listeners all over the world, and Mm -hmm. I applaud you for that. But we're located here in the Pacific Northwest. So, if you zoom out, and then I'll zoom you in, but we're here in the Pacific Northwest, but more specifically in Western Washington state. And if you drive north on I 5, uh, one hour north of Seattle, and about an hour south of the Canadian border, boom, you're right there in Stanwood Camino. And it's home to. About 25,000 people together. Camano Island is is an island county. Stanwood is in northern Snohomish County, but you have to go through Com- Stanwood to get to Camano, so uh, it's it's lumped together. You know, we share a high school, but Stanwood has a small town feel and is situated right here along the Puget Sound, which is just a stone's throw to the beautiful San Juan Islands. Maino Island has two state parks for the outdoorsy and everyone in this area is outdoorsy. Great shops, awesome boutiques, great little restaurants, um, just a very safe and friendly place to be. And I remember when my partner and I were thinking of moving north, we're like, oh gosh, you know, here we go. You know, it's very familiar. My grandparents used to live up there. It felt like a million miles away and when you're out here it does feel that way it feels very much removed from the city or urban environment for a million reasons we're like okay well you know here we are two women <laughs> raising two beautiful children um teenagers that are adopted and have different skin colors oh. and you know like how is this country you know rural environment you know these these farmers and growers that we want to be a part of desperately how mm-hmm. are we going to um fit into this community is it is it going to be close-knit and are we going to you know really have to struggle to belong and i kid you not like it was day one that the neighbors come over and we're so lucky it is mm-hmm. it, it really is an incredibly supportive and welcoming community. Um, and so I'm veering off of geography for a minute, but I have to pour my mm-hmm. heart out because this be, deserves it. I uh, understand. It's just incredible. It, it it really is and you were talking about you know the masculine element mm-hmm. and being not being so quick to embrace all the the wonderful elements of a flower. Um but I do. But I've got I've got <laughs> Cowboy Bill who literally has like the handlebar mustache and it wears oh. a, a hat and he's down the street who wears his Suspenders and drives a big pickup truck, and he will only use our lavender soap.
0: Oh my god! Like,
1: he's not going to debate it. Like okay. <laughs> so like I need that engraved into a trophy. Um, but yeah, it's Stanwood's great. And so, fun fact: if you were looking at a map of the Puget Sound and mm-hmm. located. The Olympic Mountains and the Olympic Peninsula, you'll see the town of Squim, which is kind of the lavender capital of the world, right? Or of of North America, essentially. And Squim enjoys the Olympic rain shadow and substantially less rainwater than most of us in the Puget Sound region. But that rain shadow arcs up north towards Stanwood Camino, you know, through the Puget Sound and then onward towards Anacortes. And some call that the banana belt. And so um, because of that ideal soil type and squim and that weather, they're they successful lavender growers. And they have that very famous lavender festival every single year. And people travel all around the world to attend it. Mm-hmm. And It's just really nice to enjoy those same weather benefits and give our friends a close option to visit a large lavender farm without having to travel the distance. Um, out to the Olympic Peninsula. Although, if you can do it, it's beautiful. Go. Um, but it's nice to have, to be able to offer a backyard option. You know, it feels like uh, we're right in everyone's neighborhood. It's really nice.
0: So how do we find you online?
1: Yeah. Uh, ourlegacyfields.com is our website. And I'm a amateur social media-er. So I've got a Facebook page and an Instagram page, so you can find us just by doing a quick little search for our Legacy Fields, and you'll you'll see that we just put a countdown calendar on our website because I I'm literally crawling out of my skin with anticipation for this next season. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. Wow! Um, but we are at the Stanwood Farmers Market, which starts. Before we open up the farm to the public, so it kind of gets us, um, you know, out in the community in early in June, and and just celebrating the sunny weather and the longer days with people. And then here on the farm, we're open uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so five days a week, and we only close Mondays and Tuesdays to weed and mow and ice our carpal tunnel and you know.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: but that's where that's where you'll find us and there's easy directions on how to get to us and okay the lavender cream is always cool
0: great well renee i can't thank you enough for doing this i was so excited to do this interview with you uh you have changed many people's lives and you're really an inspiration for people that are going through transition and and people in the hospitality industry as well
1: Thank you for
0: that. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Follow us on Facebook. Find our website in the show notes. Subscribe on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen. Leave a comment with five stars. And stay tuned for the next episode of Voice for Chefs.